Okay, we're back. What's up, world? Uh, I just, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. They, 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 insert here. Yo. It's a terrible game. Bottom line. It's terrible in every way. Graphically, it's terrible. Gameplay is terrible. It's just terrible. Uh, angry Nick mad. That game sucked, and it's gonna suck no matter how many revisions they make, and it just sucked even more because they put a connect with it. Uh, angry Nick mad. Or if there's violence, I'll just laugh and enjoy the fun. Kaz Hazari. Hazari. Kaz Harai. 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 They just kind of got tired of Angry Nick on the first one and said, yeah, I'm gonna pass. Oh, yeah, so I do. Precisely. No. No. I, I, per- I no. do all my work. No. No. Yeah, I'm you guys are so I don't- cute. Oh, thank you. I try. I mean, let's face it, Mario, and to a lesser extent, Zelda, is what carries Nintendo at this point. Always be radical. I love you, little podcast. You're the bestest thing ever. For the promise of the new Super Smash Brothers and the Zelda game, yes. You will not find a better story presented in any other game genre, in my personal opinion. Like, JRPG have that. They have that story. That's what the entire game felt like. Oh my god, I want to bang my head into a wall. It's a podcast. Can someone remind me? I thought it was a video game podcast. You're listening to the Game Source Podcast. We're back here at the GameStop Expo 2015. It's Jero, better known as Yes Elvis Lives. We're here again with the director of Nintendo Quest, Rob McCallum. And of course, we're also here with Robert Conkey, correct? Yep, Robert Conkey. Okay, ready? There, hey, I got something right. There you go. We're here at the Activision booth, and we're here now looking at Transformers Devastation. So if you can, I know you were talking to Rob at length regarding the game. Licensed games, usually a mixed bag here as far as the video game industry, but I'm telling you what, Transformer games in the past few years have been really, really solid. So tell us a little bit more about what you have planned for, well, as far as Transformers Devastation. As in just what it's all about? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, because it's something that, you know... Because we, we want to make sure it goes on a lot of gamers' radars, because I know you played for a long time yeah, here. I didn't want to stop, but there was a crowd of people that I felt like kind of compelled to kind of hand over the controller. It's an experience. You just got to play it. But, but here's the official pitch. If, you, if you don't know about Transformers Devastation, I don't know how that is, but here's the man, the actual producer of the game, to kind of fill in the gaps. I just want to say this before you. He comes out of this. He came away from playing this game a lot better than he did Star Wars Battlefront. I'll just say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wasn't a huge fan of Battlefront. Really? But that's just me. This was a little bit of a, I don't know, a saving grace, a little, uh, it kind of got perked my interest again in gaming. I wanted to be a gamer again by picking up the controller. Yeah. Warms my heart, man. That warms my heart to hear that. So, okay, Transformers Devastation. Third-person action brawler developed by none other than Platinum Games, uh, who, if you have not heard of Platinum Games, they are behind series, really well-known brawler series such as Bayonetta, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. We actually have the director from Metal Gear Rising Revengeance working on Transformers, uh, Kenji Saito. And uh, so this is kind of a... Alright, the key thing about this game that you're going to notice right off the bat is that it harkens back to the rich history of Transformers it's definitely a much less, it's a classic, it's a mo- okay, a modern envisioning of the classic Transformers as we knew and loved them when we all grew it's up. It's a retro revival of everything that made Transformers great in the first place. Right. Finally! So, taking a ton of inspiration from the original TV show, of course, as well as the Generation Toys set in the Generations universe. 
Uh, it also takes inspiration from the IDW comic books, uh, and it kind of brings together that world with the incredible action gameplay that we know Platinum Games is, is capable of, uh, and we're super excited with the results. So I gotta say, man, we're, I'm just I'm just gonna jump in, Gerald. Jump in whenever. What I love about this, I feel like I'm playing with my Transformer toys. It's like being on my living room floor as a kid, or last week, maybe, <laughs> uh, and battling it out with Autobots and Decepticons. Here, we're given we're, we're on the Autobot side, of course. You hinted to maybe something. Maybe we can touch on that later with Decepticons. But here you are taking uh, the side of the Autobots. Seeing what's going on with the Decepticons as they invade this city environment, and you're transforming, you're timing combos. It's it's a very arcadey, cell shaded. Man, I just love it. Yeah. Just want to let you know, Activision will be calling you very shortly for a position. <laughs> yeah. If you want a PR position, sure. yes. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, it's 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 really exciting, man. It's you know, it's kind of a lot of people come up to me and they tell me, hey, this is the game I've been wanting to play since I was a kid, and I'm like, dude, me too. Right, like I, I can't, I can't argue with that. It is, and you know, one of the things they really aimed for was that feeling of playing with the toys. They went down to all the little details. Like if you look at the way they transform, they actually base that very heavily off how the actual toys transform. So it breaks down and, and moves together like the toys do. But then they also looked at the TV show and did like the whole morphing thing. So instead of seeing all the like super technical, you know, exact transformation stuff, it kind of feels like we remember it where it wasn't necessarily like dead on like a modern day robot it had a little bit of that that old school animated uh, like feel to it yeah, there's, there's that anime kind of influence on everything and it's and it's the sound effects it's the voice actors obviously Chris Lada is no longer with us but I, I was hearing you you've worked around that a little bit so it's not as uh, a sore thumb as people might be worried about right. I gotta tell you though it's, this is more than just a nostalgia grab because this is fun this is not just like oh you remember when how cute Transformers were this is back in the limelight and for any Transformer fans out there that are maybe cringed at the more recent film efforts uh, that have been you know kind of spearheaded by Michael Bay this is the answer that you've been waiting for Look no further! This is the single most interesting game that came out of E3 for me. I had no idea about this. This jumped on my radar. This is one of like four games now, thanks to your colleague with Tony Hawk Pro Skater, that I'm going to be picking up. I, what I wanted to ask though is, obviously we see Optimus Prime. We're going to get footage that we're going to show up on our site, on our YouTube as far as that's concerned. But can, are you at liberty to tell us how many of the different types of characters that the player can play or that are available in the game? I'm not, I didn't sure if there's some that are unlocked that might be secret, but can you t just tell us, let us know which characters that are that people would know, people would remember, recognize that are, that are available in the game? Yeah, so playable characters are Optimus Prime, Bumblebee, Sideswipe, Wheeljack, and Grimlock. So those are the five that are playable. Um, For now. <laughs> There is actually, we, we talked about DLC a little bit, yeah. uh, and, and there is DLC, and it's, it's, uh, it's I'm pretty excited about it, but um, you will have a Nemesis skin for Optimus Prime, so he's the, the full-on black, the black with the blue, and he has the, the Dark Forge of, or the, uh, the Dark Saber, the Dark Star Saber, okay. got it. Oh, sweet. Uh, and it's awesome. Um, and there's actually a, a variety of different skins you can get for the, for the various characters. But as far as, like, this is a completely different playable character, nothing about that has been discussed yet. Yes. So. Yet. But when, when you have a roster uh, in a universe that Transformers encompasses, you know it's just around the corner. If the fan demand is there, 
But that's the key. It has to be fan demand. If the fans get behind this, they have no choice but to bring back more favorite generation one guys like Ironhide, right? Or Jazz. Yes. Or Springer. Yeah, and then, yeah, see, Jazz, there you go. And then that course that leads to Generation 2. Yep. Hot Rod, Ultra Magnus, Blur, come on! I, I want to apologize, Robert. I just want to apologize for his conservative talk about the game. And <laughs> I wish he was a little bit more enthusiastic. So. I appreciate the, I appreciate the unbridled enthusiasm. I, I, I like kind of hide the buck about how I feel about stuff. Yeah. So tell us to what systems and um, as far as the release date information on the game so that everybody can go start pre-ordering this game right now. It's uh, PS4, PS3, X1, X360, uh, and Steam uh, coming out October 6th. And uh, what was the last question? Sorry. Oh, that's it. Just as far as the release date, what formats. I want to make sure that uh, as far as it's concerned, you know, it's obviously as well coming to Steam, you said. Right. And then not only current generations, but previous generations before that. So. Oh, it is. And actually, oh, pre-orders. Pre-orders are available now. Sweet, yeah. At GameStop, because we're at the GameStop Expo. Yep. What, and what's the date for the DLC? You get it day one. Uh, and then if you don't pre-order, it should be available later on. Okay, great. I just want to let you know there is a GameStop store facility here on site, so if you want to go and pre-order now, you'll be able to go ahead. All right, so so here's the point of the interview, where because I've loved what you've done so much with everything here, I'm going to say you got to go get the Ninja Turtles license. You got to do something very similar in this style. Well, then you got to do like a G1 Ninja Turtle. Well, to make it a complete, complete weekday, complete weekday afternoon. You got to include GI Joe and He-Man. You got to do it back to back to back to back to back to make it to recreate that morning. But since the turtle license is already in your possession, you got to do that next, man. Interesting. Interesting. Hey, have you ever seen the film Turtles Forever? I don't think I've seen that one. I saw one. I saw two. Okay, so this is an animated film. This is an an. This is an animated film where every iteration of the turtles cross over into the film. So you get like the 80s kind of slapstickies with the 2003s with the like noir style from the comics. Okay. They all come together. If you got the license, you can make it happen. Make it happen. Interesting. We'll have to, we'll have to think about that. I will email you all this stuff, and you okay. will love it. All right, please do. Okay. And I will be your PR spokesperson. I will be at all these cons drumming up support. Well, on behalf of Rob, we do appreciate your time. I want to thank you very much for joining. Anytime. Any last thoughts, any last words as far as this concerned on Transformers? I mean, I just encourage people, if they haven't heard of it, just go out and check it out. I think if you if you love Transformers, you're going to like what you see. And if you if you want to support the game, please do. Because we'd appreciate it. Yeah, man. Game on and transform. Autobots, transform and roll out. There you go. Once again, we're at the Activision booth at the GameStop Expo 2015. We're talking Transformers Devastation coming soon to a console near you. Someone got the food. Atlas is releasing still like on previous gen, even though I'm current gen and stuff. Just love the balls to bring so much like Japanese stuff over. Like it's like finally someone cares, is willing to take a chance on games that matter and that people can care about long term and not just dispose until next Tuesday when another release comes out. It's very refreshing. Well, I guess we're on. <laughs> this is what happens when you're on a con. The conversations just start before the gear is ready to roll. We're excited exactly, here. Exactly. And once again, it's Gerald, better known as Yes Elvis Lips from YourGameSource.com. We're once again here at the GameStop Expo 2015. I'm here with Angry Nick. 
I'm here with Rob McCallum, director of the world-famous Nintendo Quest. Maybe, maybe one day world-famous. It releases next month. I'll give you 60 days, and then you can say that. Okay, okay. almost world-famous Nintendo Quest. And, of course, our good friend, guy who's been tremendous to us here, tremendous to our company. His name is John Harden. He represents Sega and Alice? Only Sega and Alice. Only Sega and Atlas, and that's enough. Yeah, only. So, uh, only Sega and Atlas, no big deal. Like they're well-known names or anything yeah, like that, yeah. Hey, Tell let me put those names up off the ground that you man. dropped there. Well, there's a lot of great titles that they could, that's coming out. In fact, Michael, uh, one of our reviewers, he's actually reviewing um, Persona 4, Dance All Night. Awesome. And we know that there's an embargo on that. He's just, but, you know, he did say... <laughs> he's winking at me. Yes, yeah, so, um, that, that uh, he's... Uh, Digging what he's doing, so. Excellent. But, but tell us, when you're dealing with as far as the games from Sega and Atlas, you're dealing with all these different uh, outlets such as ours and annoying people like Angry Nick over there when he's emailing. What games? What titles are really exciting you for this fall season from Sega and Atlas? Um, you know, we have some really fun stuff coming up. You know, uh, Dancing All Night and Hatsune Miku. We have two rhythm games for the month of September, so that's awesome. Get ready to break your th uh, your thumbs on your uh, handhelds. Um, and that's uh, Miku Mirai D uh, Project Mirai DX, which is on the 3DS. So both systems get love for rhythm games. Um, Aaron have that one? I think Aaron has that one. Uh, to Aaron, I hope you have that one. Well, uh, for review. You so, should yeah, have yeah. that one. You'll be asking for that one now. We've got, uh, we've got a few reviewers, and we just want to make sure that they're all, uh, they're all happy. And right now, uh, awesome. you know, what, you get, what you send us is greatly appreciated. But yeah, another, more titles, more titles. Yeah. Uh, uh, Legend of Legacy is really catching my eye. The illustration, the, the artwork, everything in it, it's amazing. It, it, that packaging just like grabs you. Like I saw it over here with the hard book and the yeah. CD cover that you guys are advertising on your banner. It's like I'm not typically like a handheld guy, let alone a handheld RPG in depth kind of thing. That might change based on that artwork alone. It's so inviting. I want to be engrossed in that world with those characters, given the long-standing history of Atlas, right? And that's, and that's something I want to say is uh, when, you, when you send us out that information and you always include that if it does have those special editions yeah. that the pictures are, are provided and because it does gain a lot of interest from those hardcore fans and that's something I think Atlas and, 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 and Sega really take care of their, their consumers, the really faithful ones that are willing to go that extra mile for your companies. Do you agree? I do. You know, there's something that we've seen over the years with all of our fans, and especially I think maybe just JRPG fans in general, they really embrace that collector's aspect of games. Um, you know, for so long it's been so hard to find some of these titles. You know, even like as early as three years ago, it was still relatively difficult to find some of these t titles. Like, maybe one store in your area had like four copies on launch day, if you were lucky. Um, and now I think, you know, we're starting to see JRPGs really come around and they're a lot more pervasive now. But fans still like that tangible aspect to it. So having an art book, having a CD soundtrack, having something else from the game, I think just, yeah, it's just an awesome thing for fans to have. So I'm well, glad to keep supporting this. I honestly think because we've finally gotten over the technical revolution where we got to push the specs, we got to push the specs. 
gamers are coming back to stories, and when they get invested in a JRPG, which is typically longer, sometimes 40 to 80 hours, depending on the saga, yeah. they get hooked on it, and that's when they're going to want that collectible, that, that touchstone, that, that award piece they can put on the mantle that represents their time with that game. Yeah. And because Atlas, again, is such a huge history, they know that they're going to get that collector's edition out of the game because they know they're going to be in love with that, with that story before they even play, and they know it's going to be worthwhile. Well, and you know, I, like, you know, from my personal experience, I've seen, like, a degradation of, like, the quality of, of American titles, some, some of them, and it's, it's refreshing to see, like, the JRPGs, you know, kind of revolutionize, you know, the, the mobile gaming platform and hitting platform games, and, you know, it's kind of, you know, at least from my experience playing them, I, you know, it's, it's exciting to see more and more and more of them being introduced into the, you know, North America now, you know. It's kind of funny that you mentioned that, Ike. I just thought of this, and if it doesn't make sense, then feel free to laugh at me. But just, you know, we've seen for the, like, basically since Breaking Bad hit the air, uh, like, four years ago or so, you know, everyone's talking about television now, you know, movies have kind of taken the back burner to these television experiences that last over episodes, they last longer so you can get into the characters. And I think there's a good parallel there between JRPGs. You know, JRPGs are these long experiences where you can get invested in these characters. And it's just... You know, it's one of those things where if you really put in the time, there's just so much there to be worth it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not disposable media anymore. You, you, when you get a JRPG, especially from Atlas, you don't need to worry about what comes out next Tuesday. You're going to be set for a month, quality over quantity. And you're right, focus on character development matters. It's worthwhile. You know, I think the fun exception to the rule always is, um, or the exception maybe that proves the rule is Etrian Odyssey. We do, you know... We have released a lot of Etrian Odyssey games. I think I'm on my fifth one, if you count Persona Q as an Etrian Odyssey game, since joining Atlas. Uh, as, uh, EO4 was my first one, but you know, we've released a lot of Etrian Odyssey games, but EO4, which is relatively light on story, we've got Untold, which had a little bit of a story that people weren't as down with as we thought, and then EO2U, which just came out in August. You know, We've seen the story kind of grow, and they really focus on that character development, too. Um, and even EMD, uh, Mystery Dungeon, which didn't have any story whatsoever, but it was just a fun game because it blended a new genre into it with the Mystery Dungeon stuff. So it's, it's, you know, it's not throwaway in the sense that you were just talking about, but you know, the more recent releases as opposed to Persona 4, which is, you know, Persona 5 is coming out in 2015, Persona 4 technically came out in 2008, it's been a while for that one, so... You, you to, go ahead, go ahead. No, I, was just, <laughs> I was just gonna say... <laughs> It's not oh! <laughs> there we go. Just hold down. You know, I, I and, and to tailor on to you know the overall gameplay. You know, I think I think a lot of the JRPGs offer a, a very uh, diversified gameplay. I mean, it, there's there's not any one playthrough. I, I guess there's just not any one way to play through. You can ultimately achieve sometimes the same ending or multiple endings. But you can do so in different ways, and, and I think that, you know, that, that immersion into the game and the plot and then the value of storyline, I think, is is more greatly valued on those titles than you find, you know, again, in a lot of these, a lot of these, you know, you play, you know, maybe eight to ten hours and that's it. You put the game down and you don't pick it up again, you know? Yeah, and that's a really great point, too. We've had a lot of games come out recently, you know, the Etrian series, which has always had its cornerstone with being able to customize your character classes, but Dungeon Travelers 2, which again, I think is criminally underlooked on the Vita, there's there's so many ways to play that game because there's so many different character classes. 
you can really customize and like kind of bend the systems to the way you want to play. I'm playing through Shimigami Tensei 4 again right now, but then all luck builds is kind of hinting on that like, God, I hope I get a critical hit because if I don't, I'm going to lose this fight. Um, it's just, you know, there's just so many ways to play. Again, that's, I, I think, one of the other strengths about JRPGs is you can bend the systems to your will. At least when in a great RPG, you can. Mentioned a lot of great handheld offerings. What what are we getting on console specifically? Because I like I said, I'm mainly a console guy until I saw some of that artwork over there, which might make me switch my opinion a little bit. What are we getting on the console so I can just spend a weekend, a whole week, not leave my room? You know, get, give me something. You could tell us, elaborate. Uh, Can't elaborate much on the one that riddle, you're probably riddle, hitting. Riddle me this. I don't know. Give me something here. Uh, you know, Persona Five, of course, coming out this year. It's 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 such a big title for us. Everything's being played super close to the vest. We can't get into a lot of it. Um, and by a lot of it, I mean any of it. Um, but a console thing you may have missed was Lost Dimension. It was a uh, tactical RPG. Very, again, you know, Blend of Systems. There's a great review on Paste Magazine that called it the game that we're all going to be talking about 10 years from now. Like, man, no one played Lost Dimension when it came out. Here's why you should have played Lost Dimension. And he uh, thought very highly of it. Yeah, it, it's just awesome. got some weird systems to play. It's part Rampa, It's part like Valkyria Chronicles with the tactical RPG oh, elements. I love the Chronicles kind of guy. I love the strategy RPGs. With Atlas and Sega, you are hearing a little bit more dialogue in dealing with with execs there as far as a future possibly with the current generations of consoles. Um, what do you mean? As far as maybe saying. Well, this may be down the road. This X title, not saying this 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 certain title or rumors and speculation, basically. Yeah. We all know I can't get into that. Oh, uh, okay. one thing I just totally remembered because I'm still kind of adjusting my brain. This is Sega John Harden now, who just remembered that Yakuza Five is coming out later this year as well. Oh, yeah, there you go. There you go. That's a point taken. Too many fives going around. Lots of fives. It's, lots the, of it's fives. the year of fives. Five. Uh, Persona 5, Yakuza 5, another 5 game that's only been announced for Japan. And, those are, and these are the games that are keeping the PS3 as far as, as strong and still robust, even to this day, as far as your, the games that primarily your companies that you deal with and that you work with are bringing out. Uh, one thing, too, that, again, just pops into my mind because I'm terrible at my job, Odin Spear, uh, Leif Thursier. It's the update, or the, uh, update, not update. It's the complete remake of Odin Sphere that we're doing for PS4, PS3, and PS Vita. Okay. Uh, coming out in 2016, um, I think Japan has their release date announced already. And I think it's really early in the year. I don't know exactly when it's coming out in North America. Hopefully not too much far after that. But 1080p graphics. Uh, game looks beautiful. You played Dragon's Crown. It's done by Kamitani. That's what I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you, what can you tell me about a Dragon's Crown follow-up? Odin Spear. Leaf Tracer. Um, everything that Vanillaware learned from Dragon's Crown, I think, is probably going to show up in Odin Spear. Cool. It looks fantastic. Um, hopefully we'll find out more soon about gameplay and everything. It's just... Oh. 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 Because I bought every version of Dragon's Crown out there. I loved it so much. I got the collectors, didn't open it, got the digital, and two weeks ago I just got the regular single disc. I think Odin Spear was one of those before, uh, ahead of its time games. It came out on the PS2 in 2007 or 8, which is three years after the PS3 is out. So 
I just don't think it got a fair shout in the Americas because everyone had moved on to the PS3. But it, the game is fantastic. Are we getting a physical release on that collector's edition, or is it digital only? I know we're doing physical in the in the states. We just don't have any information on the collector's edition or anything yet. If we have, if I didn't do that, then I once again done a great job of scooping myself, as I did with Legend of Legacy earlier this year. I do want to touch that on the fact that there's several vendors here at the GameStop Expo. Obviously, GameStop is an important part of the equation for both your companies. Tell us a little bit more about your relationship with GameStop, because obviously, you know, we're here thanks to them uh, for allowing us to interview you here, and seeing all the great fans, the great people are out here, and also, the, most importantly, the great games, which, which, you know, so many vendors, including yours that you work for, tell us about that kind of relationship you have with them. Absolutely. You know, I know there's a lot of anti-pre-order sentiment in the internet worlds and all in the inner tubes and everything. Um, but for smaller companies like Atlas uh, and even Sega, pre-orders are really important because we do do these launch editions. Um, you know, pre-orders are the numbers that help us figure out how many we need to send. And GameStop obviously knows how to respect a pre-order. Uh, so it's great. And, you know, the managers here are really supportive of us. Uh, they know our games and they're the ones that help you know, and inform our customers about games. You know, someone's in GameStop saying, I want to, you know, I like this game, what's like it? And when you have Etrian top of mind, when you have Persona top of mind, when you have SMT top of mind, you know, our managers are the ones that really help us out. So again, we love being here at GameStop Managers Expo and having, uh, really doing something extra for them to, you know, because they help us so much, we like to, you know, support them as much as possible too. Good. Anything else, Angry? If we're good, we're angry enough. I think we should let John get back to his job, damn it! <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm probably rejecting your emails. <laughs> yeah, I update my uh, contact book to block him even harder now. <laughs> On that note, uh, thank you so much, John. Like I said, it's an absolute pleasure. You know, we we've, we you know we value the opportunity to review your games. We get to match up face with with what you know you send us, and you're so you're so kind of gracious to us. On behalf of our entire company. I just want to thank you for all your assistance. You've just been totally tremendous, above and beyond. You're one of our, you know, I'm, I'm, I know I'm kissing a little booty, but you are, have, you're one of our best as far as who we deal with on a regular basis, and we truly appreciate it. It does not go unnoticed or nor unappreciated by all of our staff. And, and, and I was just telling Gerald that, you know, your your uh, your very outgoing personality translates through in your emails. And, and That's not what you said. <laughs> Two minutes ago, angry Nick, you said something. I'm just kidding, man. It was nice, whatever it was. No, but I mean, it, it, you know, it's a pleasure. And, you know, again, I think on behalf of GameSource, we, we definitely, uh, you know, uh, thank you very much. Absolutely, man. Why make an email that people wouldn't want to read? So, well, ask Angry Nick, because apparently <laughs> his emails aren't getting read. classes on how to write now. <laughs> Yours are so elaborate, so detailed, so ready to be published, as opposed to some other PR companies that we work with that just send you text. And it just tells me, who is excited for the games that they work for and who is not? And seeing your PRs that, that Nick sends me, the ones before I post them, before I send it out literally to our thousands of fans out there and the people, the readers that, that follow us and things of that nature, they see your enthusiasm with these games and it comes through. When I send uh, some others, I won't mention their name, they're just lines of text and they just, they, they have no meaning or structure behind them and it really just yours come through and we just truly appreciate everything that you do for us so let's help out guys thank you guys thank you for, uh, for 
publishing our articles and our screenshots and our trailers. Yeah. And thank our thank your fans for liking them. <laughs> Absolutely. That and, sounds like a lot of work. And get Sega and Atlas Games. So once again, we're here with John Harden. This is Gerald, better known as Yes, Elvis Lives. Bob McCallum, director of Nintendo Quest. Yeah, and Angry Nick, too. We're here at the GameStop Expo 2015. Thanks for listening. And we're back, and we're uh, here f- wrapping up the GameStop Expo 2015. Just waiting on the free Star Wars Battlefront PS4 that Rob is going to win. And hold over Jay. And hold over Jay. Um, back again with Rob McCallum, director of the Nintendo Quest. And then also as well... This is like the intermittent interactive version. <laughs> of Angry Nick here. He's uh, actually looking a little fatigued, Angry Nick. So, how was your day so far? How was the day as a whole for you? Um, I thought it was pretty good. We had a pretty comprehensive uh, uh, lineup of, uh, I think, more interviews than we had expected to to, to achieve. So, yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you. It's uh, quite a few more that we weren't going to have much because they don't send. Uh, yeah, but your idea of much or not much, and my idea of not much. I, I don't know. I was like, honestly expecting to have like a new interview every fifteen minutes. I thought that's what today was going to be like. One of us would get to play as the other two talk to the person. I honestly expected that all day. Uh, you know, that would have been great as well for us, but it just, uh, you know, still is a great day. We still had uh, quite a few. Uh, oh, that's not to downplay. We got a lot of game playing. That was awesome. Yeah. Dude, like, seriously, I, I discovered a lot of games I did not even know existed, and now they're part of the fall buying slate for yours truly. Pretty pumped, to be go. completely honest. What stuck out in your mind? Oh, man. Uh, Battlefront for the wrong reasons. That's that's one thing I want to hear about. Go ahead. Yeah, tell us a little bit more about you. Because I know you'd, we had come out of there, and I asked you initially, how was it? And, you know, inverted controls aside, it was just not a good experience for you. What stood out as really being something that, you know, was not the case for you. We're not going to be the case for you as far as getting Battlefront. Well, I just, I mean, I'd never played a Battlefront game before. I knew what the game was. There's enough, you know, uh demos out there and of course it's based on battlefield right so you know what you're in for and this is just a star wars skin i think part of it is that you know how many times have we played the battle of hoth we played hoth how many times now and this is the, of course the demo we played and we're going to get that again in the game plus all the other familiar star wars planets sure we get the battle of jakku which is part of a force awakens and, and that's great and all but is that enough content in this shiny package to really have this game last a, a long time for a guy who, you know, has a history of hashtag play with Rob, not having a lot of friends to play with. So to be honest, I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence, but I have it pre-ordered. I may cancel it based on my initial experience here at GameStop Expo. Uh, for me, it was just it was solid. I had actually played the beta, and the, these were just the the the, the betas that were used. Um, it was okay, and a good experience, but nothing really that, that won me over one way or the other. I'm still disappointed by the fact that there are no space battles in the actual yeah. Battlefront series, uh, and that seems to be a, a little bit of a downer for a lot of people, and that th- if they want to experience um, the space battles, that they're going to have to play Disney Infinity 3.0. That's what you're saying. There's a lot of space battles in that one, but nothing yeah. in this one. I mean, there, there's uh, X-Wing versus TIE Fighters. Don't get me wrong, but that's all interplanetary. There's, it's more vehicular yeah. than space battles. Yeah. yeah. So it, it was the, it's kind of a little bit of a letdown there. Um, the action was all right. I still would like to hear more dialogue. and It seemed very scattered as far as the dialogue that and, and or music 
um, as far as being used within the game. Yeah, I, I didn't hear I, a lot of music. It, it felt more like a combat sim than a Star Wars and, battle. And that's the problem with the Star Wars. You want that. That yeah. gets you pumped. That gets you going. And that would have kept me more involved in the game. Uh, Nick, you had a chance to try it out and, and uh, along with me died many times. Uh, what happened to you as far as your experience on Battlefront? Um, well, I mean, honestly, I think um, EA hyped it up um, a lot more than what um, I, I think that they sh- should have. Um, you know, I think uh, my, my experience wasn't necessarily the greatest one. It played very much like, you know, like most of their other first-person shooter games, except it just was, uh, you know, adapted to, uh, you know, take the Star Wars front instead of a uh, more, you know, military. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, I was, it, it was all right. I mean, I, I'm definitely not going to go... Uh, you know, go out today and pre-order the game. I, I don't know if it was necessarily um, adequate enough, at least from what I played. Um, then again, I, you know, having played a single level um, and having repeatedly died, you know, I, I, I don't know that I've really played it enough to uh, make a, you know, a determination at this point. I think it's a little bit too, you know, in the preliminary phase to kind of rule out whether or not it's going to um, overall be a, a comprehensive game or not. But at least from my experience, I, I wasn't really... It, it was it was moderate. I, I mean, I, I it was like pretty much any other first-person shooter experience. I'm curious to see what the single-player mode is like and what you can do as a solo player. Like like I said, because of my schedule and most of my friends are on Xbox One, ironically, and I'm on PlayStation. I'm not gonna be able to play with them anyway. So if the, if the first single-player campaign is a little bit more forgiving compared to like the typical. You know, multiplayer online experience where if you're not keeping up and you're not the best of the best out there, you're going to have a miserable time. Which is kind of what happened for me today. I just felt like at the second I appeared, I was getting sniped from across the board and getting killed. And, you know, that's just because people are really good at playing these group co op games, 20 on 20 or whatever it was. Yeah, right? I, was, I mean, I was like, I was dead like moments sometimes after I respawned. I mean, it, it, yeah. was, it wasn't an enjoyable experience for me. I'm more. The single-player scenario and campaign is something that is w- would have been much more appealing for me yeah. to demo. But the multiplayer experience is not something that I, 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 I enjoy, so it's not really I can't really give that a fair rating as far as the game's concerned in the yeah. alpha stage. So, and what was more disappointing than that is you know because the lines were long and wrapped up, and we appreciate EA for allowing us to go in and have early access to it. We that we yeah, do appreciate. That's great. Um, but you know, as the lines were so long for that game. The lines were so short for their other games that they wanted to, that they were, you know, showing to the public, like Plants vs. Zombies, Garden Warfare 2. Um, there was also, you know, Mirror's a Mirror's Edge Catalyst, and then also Need for Speed, which, you know, those nobody are, there, nobody at all. And that's, so they're like their own worst victim of what they've done with the hype promotion. They've hyped it so much, nobody cares about their other games. They're just other products that are going to hit a shelf, and this one will either get loved or hated. And in the case of Mirror's Edge, which was on the fence anyways to even make a sequel, this is, you know, if anybody wants to see the actually the series progress next year when it comes out, um, it doesn't bode well as far as it's concerned, because even, even with some type of commercial hype around that time it comes out, it still just does not seem like it has the momentum going in its favor at this point in time. Right. So uh, what else took out? You know, stood out. We went to saw. We had great time at the Activision booths. Uh, we had a great time with the little Orbit. We you guys a- didn't do anything at the Nintendo booth. I'm surprised. It was the first. I, as soon as the doors opened, I ran right to the Nintendo I know, booth. I turned around. You guys were you were sprinting over there. I wasn't sprinting. I was walking at my casual Nintendo Quest kind of pace. There you go. Fair enough. Well, yeah. you know, I wanted to see as far as um, you know Super Mario Maker. Um, 
how is it interacting with fans? Is it easy to use? And that's what I was – I'm studying. All the time that you're there playing and others are playing it, like you did with Star Fox, I was telling you, I'm actually looking, seeing how the interaction works as far as it's concerned before I go ahead and play it. And I see a lot of problems with Super Mario Maker. I know that Nintendo's accounting has a lot of its hopes lie with that game, and I think it's well-founded because I really, really think that it's going to connect with a lot of fans, not just, you know, that played retro – uh, but a new base of fans as well, and I think it bodes well for Wii U, uh, Wii Uners. Yeah, it l- looks great. I don't. I thought you said you, you saw problems with Mario no, Maker. No, no. Yeah, no. Star Fox is another issue. Star Fox, that's a whole other thing. And on the way out before we started doing this, I finally got a glimpse of Yoshi's Woolly World too, which looks like an excellent platformer. Yes, yes. That yes. looks like the, the Mario platformers that we've been waiting for in a 2D perspective. Like, how come that game doesn't feature Mario is the first question, because it looks adorable, it looks fun, it's just the right kind of combination of challenge. But Mario Maker, yes, this looks like definitely looks like a winner. There is a little bit of learning curve. The, the, the tools aren't quite as intuitive as I thought they might be with the drag and drop on the stylus, but still, once you realize, by the second go around using those shapes and those objects... It's pretty easy to, to to master or at least get a hold of what you can do. And I really like how the course can be long. It can be short with just a slider at the bottom. You can basically judge the length in each of the different aesthetics that you can choose. Of course, Mario Brothers 1, 3, World, or the new Super Mario Brothers. They each have their own different end goals. So if it's Mario 3, you have to run and get either the mushroom, flower, or star to complete the level. Yeah, and it just looks the level of detail that you can make. it, And the, most importantly, the level of fun. Yeah. yeah, and it just it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun for people. Um, did they elaborate as well as far as, you know, uploading levels online similar to what, you know, Little Big Planet and all that? I was really grilling them on, on how that community aspect is going to work because I said, look, you can have 5,000 levels up there and half of them can be rated high. But out of those half, what, what am I supposed to do to find the best ones? Like, really? And they said, well, they're actually going to be ranked on difficulty, uh, how many people actually complete the level. So that, that's one way that they have them ranked. And users is another ranked and how often they're actually played as well. Nick, uh, what were your thoughts when you were at the Nintendo booth? Did you see Mario Maker in action? Did you see me messing around with that? Yeah, yeah, I did. And as well as Star Fox. Took a few seconds, yes. Yeah, and uh, did you get footage of the new Amiibos? Because those are pretty cool to check out. I got some pictures, yeah. Nice. So yeah. Nice photos of those. Cool. So. They also have the Skylanders... Uh, Amiibos in there as well. Yep, yep. The uh, superchargers. So. Excited for that if you're an Amiibo fan. Uh, I know there, there are quite a few, and it's done very well for them. Um, before we leave Nintendo, I, I do want to touch on, we just touched on briefly, Star Fox, uh, which to me, you know, I was looking at not just, when I, when I see you playing, I'm not just looking at you, as I told you earlier, I'm looking at everybody who else is trying to game at the same time. Hmm. And I noticed with every single individual that controls were almost, in some cases, a bit too big of a hurdle to overcome. There's a massive learning curve because not only do you have both sticks that control your vehicle, not even the camera necessarily, just the vehicle, the way in which you bend the board left and right and up and down like on its uh, gyro is what also alters your, your aiming reticle. There's a, there's a lot going on there. I'm not saying that you can't overcome the curve, but this game should come with a bottle of aspirin 
it was never high on my priority list to begin with, and now this has definitely gone further down, even though it's a first-party Nintendo game, which usually are typically fantastic. And it's supposed to be you know, somewhat of a marquee title for Yeah, you. and a return to a franchise that's been dormant for a while, and a Miyamoto title on top of that, and like, what, is, what has happened here? So, could, Do you think they could have been overthinking the process when they, when they mapped out those controls? I think it's like, okay, we've got Mario Maker that's doing this with the stylus. How come, if we're going to do a flying game, wouldn't it be great to kind of do this stuff? And and the answer is you don't need to have a gimmick. Just make a game that works, that, that's fun. I said, you know, with Splatoon, you can either use the motion controls with the gyro or you can turn them off. How come you can't do that in this? Because Splatoon's a lot of fun. And sure, the more expert players prefer the gyro controls because it's, it's fine-tuned precision, but for a guy like me that just wants to pick up and splat some paint around, you know, I just want to play like a standard video game. I'm, I'm, it's weird, I'm sorry, but I just want to have a controller in my hands and on my couch. I don't have to worry about my orientation. It's, it's frustrating. It definitely needs some medication to accompany it. Maybe that's the collector's edition. <laughs> comes with a doctor's note or something. Something like that. Uh, Nick, where did we go to next? After Nintendo. Well, we went to Battlefront after, yep. after Nintendo, and then after that, I was snagged by the guys at Activision. There was uh, Transformers Devastation was like unplayed at the, at the time, and same with Tony Hawk Pro Skater, so we hit them one after another, and that was pretty cool. And that and Guitar Hero Live, they, all three of those were just like... They were just sitting there like, okay, yeah, there was no wait for any of that stuff. Again, everybody was Battlefront. Mario Maker had some lineups, but it wasn't like crazy lineups. It was like one, maybe two people deep, a lot of people just kind of listening to the conversations, but... Battlefront was by far the biggest lineup of the entire show. Yeah, Halo 5 had a, had its share. That's a true, Rise yeah. of the Tomb Raider had a share. Syndicate had a line in the Ubisoft yeah. section. And, but uh, Battlefront, because it had not only at the EA, but then they had the other at the PlayStation booth. Yeah. Uh, so they had quite, quite the a survival few. survival mode, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it was, you know, obviously the game that they that seems to be the biggest on the marquee, but uh, is it something that, that's you know, going to translate into to a great experience for everyone? I'm not so sure. What did um, you What do you think of Transformers from what you saw there? I know I was playing it for a bit. I don't know if you were watching me play I in did. my initial conversation. Well, what no, did you your think? Your initial conversation, no, because I was busy trying to hunt him down at Atlas. But uh, oh, yeah, angry Nick went over to Atlas was trying to win stuff. Yes, I like that. Yes, but um, I, I saw the game as we were talking about it. Uh, it looks really, really good. Looks uh, like something that. That if you are back in the old days, and I was talking to you earlier about it as far as that old days when you come home from school and you have that lineup right back to each other. Yeah. You know, you had, you had He-Man, you had Transformers, you had G.I. Joe, yeah. and they were like, back to boom, 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 you watch that. That reminds me of those days. The way that they're going back to that format of Transformers seems to be very inviting to, to individuals such as us who may be a little bit older but definitely are, are really want to reminisce by playing those type of games. What were your thoughts? It looks exactly like they're you know pitching it as. It's a G1 cartoon, cell shit. It looks beautiful. Uh, pseudo open world, it, it kind of funnels you in a linear direction, but within the, the environments you can kind of dance around and have some fun as you know, either Prime, Bumblebee, Grimlock. Uh, I forget the other two playable characters off the top of my head, but... Um, it, it's all a combination. The buttons are on screen, so you know what to do. So you don't have to worry about memorizing a bunch of like Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat moves. It's it's pretty straightforward. My concern is how deep the game's going to go. What's the depth going to be like? Is it just going to be like a button masher to get through each checkpoint? Is there going to be a story that really you know grasps that the audiences that they're actually pitching this to? And that's what you always worry about when you have licensed games. The only uh, the caveat to that is that um, Transformer games of recent note by Activision that they have released have either garnered, you know, 
pretty good to sometimes very good reviews in the recent past. So that's uh, at least something to take some solace out, out of. You know? Sure. I, I'm just thinking, you know, this is a G1 Transformer game. The biggest storyline that came out of like the G1 era was the death of Optimus Prime. Are they going to try to hit us with something that resonates so much as the death of characters, the you know the extinction of the Autobots as we know it? I mean, give me a reason to care care about just button mashing through these levels if that's what it is, and that's fine if that's what it is. I'm happy with the eye candy and Transformers and the sound effects and the nostalgia, but if there's a story there, that could be an easily game of the year for me. Like, give me something to care about that that has heart, that has universal emotions. Oh, oh, we were also there. Uh, we got a chance to check out Tony Hawk Pro Skater 5. Uh, it was just funny talking to the guy. You know, he's, he's uh, commenting on, uh, was it the PR guy or the developer that, that still talks uh, shredding dude, you know, and all that? Yeah, Dino. Yeah. Dino was great. I mean, uh, again, this is one that I saw from afar. As soon as I put down Transformers, I was able to kind of go right, right next door to play Tony Hawk. And I thought, literally, there was a moment, I'm like, is this like uh, an HD version of like the first Tony Hawk the level looked the same the the physics looked the same like oh this looks like a fun then I then I started noticing oh wait a second this is cell shaded but it looks like a lot of fun it looks like they've gone back to the roots with this one I'm not Tony Hawk you know skating around area 51 with flying saucers and that kind of hoopla like what was that about like what, then, there, then there was the underground series where you create a skater and then that got out of control and they had the the board as a peripheral well, this is, again, coming back, you know, to what we remember like 20 years ago now, which is really kind of refreshing. Oh, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. And it, just, it looks like it's uh, – I asked about the concerns that, that they – that a lot of people had when they changed their direction as far as the visuals are concerned so late in the production cycle because it was, it was a, um, a different format. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they, they seem to be very confident about what they're putting out. It's coming out later this month, and, and it, it definitely looks good. Yeah, it's, it's a title that, you know, as far as from what I can tell, is under the radar. Like, the big titles that are coming out this fall are, like, uh, Metal Gear, which landed not that long ago. I think it was, like, two days ago. Yep. Mario Maker and, like, Battlefront. Like, those are, like, the big ones, basically, that address each system. For the fall. Now there's, of course, a lot of what I would say B-plus or B-titles as well in some you could say triple A's as well, but Tony Hawk was never appeared on that list for me. I knew it was coming. I looked at the release schedule, but it was just never like, oh, okay, Tony Hawk's there. Now that I play it, it's like, okay, yeah, Tony Hawk's there. Like, now I actually want to sit down and play with this and become king of the skate park one more time. There you go. Yeah. Nick, what were your thoughts when you saw it? Take um, footage. I've, I've not much, um, ever really historically been a fan of the Tony Hawk series, so I'm not much. But this one's going to change that. Mm, not, not so much. Yeah, There's not no so much. peripheral this time around, so that that's a good news. Yeah, but the the type of gameplay style mechanics never really much appealed to me. Well, we Tra- tra- trans- Transformers though looked. Yeah, I mean, lo- looked as though it could be. You know, I it, think it, it could have been fun. When you came back, while we were talking to Dino from Tony Hawk, you were still thinking about everything at Atlas. So what was going on over at Sega Atlas? What was happening at that booth? The good friend John. Because mm-hmm. uh, we we sat down and talked to to Mr. John. Yeah. He was going to give us a good lineup of uh, most of them. I can't really rattle off because What's they have the extremely five? long names. But Yak is a five, Persona five, and then there was one other five, I think. Uh, there was Persona Dance All Night, which uh, I know we already have uh, as far as being reviewed. Then Dun- uh, Dungeon Travelers two. Yeah, Dungeon Travelers two. How'd that work out? So uh, 
Well, I'm excited for the Odin Sphere remake, which is by the team that did Dragon's Crown. Yes. Dragon's Crown, huge fan of. I asked about Dragon's Crown too, and they said no. The same guys are doing Odin Sphere remake. You sounded really excited about that. Yeah, man, because Dragon's Crown really brought me back. It's like a Golden Axe D and D kind of side-scrolling, over-exaggerated beat 'em up. It's it's great, and to know that that team which had a lot of success on that title, which is kind of like I want to say a glorified indie title, even though it was an Atlas release, had a collector's edition, a physical release, and did really well digitally. So the fact that they're going back on a game from the PS2 era that has like a big cult following and bringing it now to, to current gens, it, it's well, a good combo. That and I think, you know, from what John had communicated was that, you know, it seems like it's good that, that Atlas is going to continue their focus on their JR, JRPGs yeah. and driving those. They know what the bread and butter is, and, and it's, it's nice to see that they're dedicated to that. Other than Ban, uh, Bandai Namco, which does the Tales series, of course, you know, Atlas is the only other one that really cares about the JRPG. I think, and this is broad strokes, the most out of those two. So it's always Ben and Amco and Atlas. And Atlas is always the one bringing, like, things that aren't part of major, major franchises. They always bring out, like, 12 different franchises, which is great. So, so what else, you know, that you like, you know, uh, what else appealed to you, Nick? I mean, we were there. You're you know what was around. disappointing? And this is the one thing that I wanted to know that you talked about. I know at the intro, I was curious about Lego Dimensions. So we walked over to Lego Dimensions after yeah, Atlas. Yeah, they didn't really have they had bubbles too much and toys yeah. on, under glass that and, were funny. And a video that they uh, that you know yeah. people could have already seen already. And just it's a shame that we're Disney and, and you know Skylanders. Yeah, yeah the, sky, the guy from Skyland. He was great talking to us off off mic for yeah. you know, 20, 20 minutes talking about you know the, what the future of the franchise is. Yeah, he says Skylanders playsets is coming next. He didn't say that, but that's kind of what I'm going to infer that he said was the next big thing. Well, it's just probably completely off the mark, but that's fine. And, and although we didn't, you know, take a real close look at it, um, you know, Tomb Raider, uh, uh, Rise, Rise, of the Tomb, Rise of Tomb Raider looks like, I, 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 I'm actually interested in seeing, um, as a fan of the last... I'll take Uncharted the last 4 instead, but that's me. Oh, oh yeah, I, I hands down, of course Uncharted 4. We, we did meet the guys from Naughty Dog. Yes, and that was good. Um, that was exciting. But going back to what we were talking about... What was the, the highlight for you? The autograph from Naughty Dog. Yeah, I know. Well, that's what happens when you got a huge Last of Us fan and, you know, an Uncharted oh, yeah, fan. I like that game. Ugh. But when you're talking about the Toys of Life series, I want to get back to that real quick. Yeah. I was just disappointed with... Lego Dimensions, this is their first shot. This is their first shot to make... And the release finish. window is, like, what, weeks away now? Yeah, and to make an impression, okay, this is not PAX, but this is still... Five, uh, five, ten thousand people. Yeah. This is still a lot of, you know. Most importantly, it's the fact that all these GameStop managers are here. Yeah. These are the individuals that could get sway. Get them excited about it. Get them excited about it. With so many, like you said, toy properties. You got Skylanders, Disney, Amiibos, and now Lego. Disney was there. Skylanders were there. Why not? Amiibos were there. You know. Show me some packaging. It was, it was Ghost Town over there. Yeah, we saw, I think, the, the, the base packaging for, was it for the PS4 with Batman on the cover of the LEGO Dimensions, and that was it. But, like, what do the individual figures look like? How are they going to be packaged? I mean, we saw these nice bubbles that had the, the LEGOs inside. The it was way. basically mashups. You had, like, you know, the Emerald City with, like, sci-fi cop cars. You had the Scooby-Doo guys in the Back to the Future world. And but that doesn't really show the customer. No, it doesn't show anything. It shows that someone knows how to play with LEGO and build a set and put it on display. And that's, that's disappointing, so... You know, when we go out and we we talk about uh, you know Lego Dimensions, there's really not much to go on, and no. that, so 
if we don't have anything to I know less about it going to the show than I did before I came here. And if we're involved in the press and we don't know much about it, that means the, the individuals that work for these GameStops, the customers, they're less knowledgeable about it. And you know what? That doesn't set Lego Dimensions off on the right foot. Actually, Even, you know what? I did learn one thing. There are two versions of Batman that you can play, and I got that from the video that was playing. The, there you go. And, but, I mean, WB Games didn't have a lot to show either way. They well, had they Mad had, Max. They had the Ma- all that space, but they decided to put just a mega lounge. They, put, like, they made a giant lounge with white carpet, and they had the Mad Max car out in front. They had the Mad Max trailer playing with the LEGO Dimensions trailer. That'd be, you know, that's just awesome for your game that just came out this mm-hmm. past Tuesday, which, yeah. you know, needs as much publicity as it can get, seeing how it came out the same day as Metal Gear Solid V. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, what can oh, you do? And then uh, we saw our friends at Maximum Games, which you had a hard time finding the booth, but, uh, you know, finally yeah, made it. There? We walked past it six times. Yeah. We saw it. We were waiting for you to realize that we'd walk past it. Which would have been a good indicator why you were sitting over WB Games. Well, we were sitting there having lunch, but there, still. There was no tables near the food table. Yeah, there was no tables the food But court. I don't think they want to hear that. No. So when you were at Maximum Games, what were your thoughts? Because, you know, you heard... You know, we saw three games there. One that I gave the wrong title for because I was just so horribly disgraced by my performance in the singing game. Sing it, right? Let, no. Let's sing. Let's sing. I was bad on the names, but, you know, at least... Like, that, that's how I, I felt about my performance with that game. Let's sing. Yeah. That's it? Let's sing 2016. Let's sing 2016. Jeez. Yeah. Let's not sing 2016. Let's not have let Rob sing ever. That's the problem. But uh, there was uh, Divinity Original Sin, the enhanced uh, edition that's coming out to uh, current generation consoles. Yeah. And then uh, what was the other title? Uh, is it Alkaline's Gun? Yes. Yeah. 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 I, thought, I thought that one would look like a good uh, spy espionage. It's a heavy, heavy stealth game where the more you use weapons, the worse you're rewarded. Almost like a Metal Gear Solid feel. Yeah, well, it's exactly what I was feeling. Like, this is like a Metal Gear Solid game, but it's a period piece. Like, you piece. Throw, the guy over your back and kind of... And then drag him in. Metal Gear Solid 5, it looks now, from what I'm seeing, as far as, you know, you're actually... That's more friendly as far as from a gun standpoint. So. Sure. Well, they want to keep it, you know, a firefight in Metal Gear. Yeah. This is it seems very true to life. If you were to shoot someone in this castle setting during World War II, which is the demo I played, guards are going to hear you. You know, and you're pretty much done. I don't know if you guys saw near the end there, I took my knife out and I stabbed the biggest guy in the courtyard. Basically, everyone turned on me right away and I was dead. It was pretty awesome. There was no chance to run away. There was no hiding undercover like in Uncharted. I was done. It was over. It was good. Um, as far as the social aspect that he was talking about, about changing into different costumes. Yeah, social self. Well, basically, you know, if you knock a guy out, why can't you take his clothes off him? You know, so it's the Indiana Jones thing, right? So I thought that was cool too. Yeah, I thought that I think that'll shape up to be a good a good one. I'm I'm actually kind of you know uh, genuinely looking forward if we get the opportunity, which sounds like we are for Maximum Games to be able to review that stuff. So. Yeah, a Telltale. What about it? There wasn't much. <laughs> there wasn't much. Again, this was just basically like a like a storefront almost. Like here are the games that are coming out, right? The Minecraft one, uh, Back to the Future Anniversary, and Walking Dead or uh, Game of Thrones. They basically yeah. advertise all those discs that are. They're coming to retail, so and that's that's the thing about um, you know where the GameStop Expo is here, and and they've been so gracious to allow us to be here. Sure, um, it just seemed like some of the, the 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 publishers and developers took it seriously, and some of them didn't as far like as like Little Orbit took it seriously. Yeah, like there's there's a family centric uh, dev publisher that is basically 
on the grounds with their booths, talking to people, talking to families, talking to consumers, talking to managers. It's not just like, look at this video on loop. It was nice. Yeah, and then you have others like Unfortunately Telltale, which just, you know. Same with Bethesda. Bethesda, that was just. Bethesda, here's here's you can download the app for Fallout Shelter. What is that? Do they, do they even have anybody over there manning that booth? I think it was just self-manning. Maybe. But they just had the uh, Pip-Boy. You know, you have, yeah, the Pip-Boy. The inanimate Pip-Boy. Yeah, Fallout 4 coming out. Those are major titles that you need represented. I know I'm looking forward to Fallout 4. I was hoping to see some footage but I don't think everybody gets it as far as the importance of what GameStop Expo could be because of the fact of Here's who's the going you have a TV set up show something don't just show a trailer don't just tell me where I can download an app you've already gone to this effort to be here to book the space to build the set do something with it yeah and especially since the GameStop Expo you know if I'm correct in saying so is more consumer driven I mean these are going to be your it feels that way I mean I didn't know what to expect from the audience I figured it would be a lot of press and a lot of managers there's a lot of people that bought tickets locally a lot of VIP tickets it's, it's, there's it's, some cosplay and to be honest with you I didn't really see a lot of press at this at no. this event Very. I think, I think we saw two other people with cameras one with something a little bit more of the professional probably the local news I imagine doing a story about what's happened here in town and then someone basically on our level just you know getting what we can with the people that actually want to take the time to talk to us the people that care about their games in their audience. Uh, that's true. That's true. And uh, what else hit you? What else? What excited angry Nick? That's I'm well, still the talking. autograph, the Naughty Dog autograph. That was breakfast in the Naughty Dog autograph for the high points for angry Nick today. Yes. No. Um, you know, I, I overall, I think, like I kind of expressed earlier, I I, I was overall. I mean, I, I was kind of not not real impressed with the GameStop Expo in terms of what. You know, like some of the, some of the um, you know issues that we kind of expressed, you know, in our dialogue here is just that, um, you know, they had they had a lot of the uh, you know major, you know, the major players here, but there there wasn't a whole lot of content really available to view. So, um, you know, I would like or I said, you were prevented from it. You know, we couldn't show this. We couldn't no flash yeah. photography yeah. here. Or no, no no, you know, but just it, it, too many entanglements. I mean, if you're here to represent your game. You know, that's not going to let anybody, like I said before, that's going to hold up a cell phone, is going to walk by and take footage of it. There's just no way for you to stop it. So why stop it? Why not promote your game even more? I'd say between, you know, uh, Tomb Raider um, and, uh, you know, the Uncharted remake um, coming out, um, although we only kind of briefly, you know, took a look at the Uncharted um, when we, while we were over, happened to be over there, you know, waiting for Rob, and... Or the Uncharted um, collection, the, Uncharted Four. Yeah, no, that's what that's what I was referring to, the Uncharted collection. So it's beautiful. Yeah, it's but amazing. and I, and again, although I didn't have the opportunity to really go over and take a real comprehensive look at Tomb Raider: Rise of the Tomb Raider, that that is something I'm really actually looking forward to having the There's opportunity. There's still time. There's still yeah. time. We'll go put on a parka. We are we are two minutes away. Would you when, when is it? Four forty-five or four thirty? Really sure. I thought it was. Five, I thought you said four forty-five. Well, let's, okay. let's wrap this thing up. We might have ten minutes before I could possibly win the Star Wars PS4 bundle, which you'll be holding over Jay. Absolutely, absolutely. And then I could hashtag play with myself. That sounds wrong. No, I can't do that. Well, I I, I think overall. Yeah, uh, I think we should sign it now after that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. There's there's not a good, good follow up after that. But anyway, so um, yet another. Yet another conference, yet another expo. Gonna, I mean, the, everything we're complaining about is, like, let's be honest, first world problems. We got to play some games we hadn't played before. That's right. Got to spend a whole day talking about games, talking to people about the games they're doing. Oh, Met a lot of people, a lot of good contacts. Hey, it, it's a positive day. I was, 
we'd always love it. It, it, everything could have been great could have been video and stuff and if we, if we were to search, we could find things to complain about. So I think we did pretty well today, boys. I think we did as well. I think so, too. I agree with Rob. You know, and uh, like I said, it's just great hanging out with you guys and uh, getting the opportunity. I want to thank, again, publicly, GameStop for allowing us to be here. Uh, they were so gracious in allowing us to do that. Even you, they allowed you to come in. That yeah. makes it you know, all the more sweeter. I'm from Dallas today, <laughs> according to my badge. I'm blank. Yeah. Well, until the, uh, until the next Game Source event... Um, this is Anchor Nick out. This is uh, Rob McCallum, director of Nintendo Quest, saying thanks for letting me be a guest, guys. The Texas Canadian. The, te- the Texas Canuck. Sounds like a wrestler. <laughs> maybe, maybe I should have a line at the 2K booth. There you go. Sign, sign autographs right there. And this is Gerald. Better known as Yes, Elvis Lives. We thank you for listening. Appreciate it, and have a great day. Do you love games, breed games, and bleed games? Then this is the crew for you. If you are interested in editorial, podcasting, live events, and exclusive content, make sure to hit us up at info at yourgamesource.com and become part of a team that is dedicated to delivering all the greatest delays in gaming news and content all here at yourgamesource.com.